بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل بفضل الله وبرحمته فبذلك فليفرحوا وخير مما يجمعون قل أرأيتم ما أنظر الله لكم من رزق فجعلتم منه حراما وحلالا فجعلتم منه حراما وحلالا قل الله أذن لكم أم على الله تفترون وما أظن الذين يفترون على الله الكذب يوم القيامة إن الله لذو فضل على الناس ولكن أكثرهم لا يشكرون صدق الله العظيم السلام عليكم السلام عليكم I think it's better I stand up because not everybody can see me it's better أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم It's alright It's good to stand الحمد لله When Sister Sakina asked me to speak in this event she is holding today I asked her what do you name your event and once she told me the name, I felt it is only appropriate to speak about the word self salam Because I believe there is a misunderstanding, especially among the Muslims, leave alone the non-Muslims, about salam. And there is a confusion even about the interpretation of the meaning of al-Islam. Because it defeats the object if we say one thing and do another. Indeed, the Quran instructs those who believe in Allah never to say that which they do not carry out in action. So to begin, I was sitting and thinking today, this morning, about the word salam. I, I like the word salam. <coughs> Only four letters. I have a, a different way of approach of talking about words. I like words. And most of my time I spend is looking at words from a mathematical point of view, numbers. I don't really look at words by the letters, because I believe letters is only a, a way to hide the real intention of what the words are. And subhanAllah, when I was in university, I was doing a degree in mathematics, they asked me to write a thesis of my choice at the end of my degree. And I thought the best thing to write is not Egyptian or Babylonian mathematics or Greek math or even a subject from the modern mathematical areas, but I, I thought it would be much exciting and I wanted to see how any, my professors would react to it. I chose to write about mathematics in the Quran. So when I gave them the title, one of them said to me, it can't be. What are you going to write about? There's nothing there. So I asked the person, did you read the Quran? And the person said to me, no, but I read the Bible. My answer was, the Bible is not the Quran. The Bible is not the Quran. These are different scriptures. I respect all the scriptures. In fact, I have to believe in them. I went with the permission of Allah to write my paper. And it was by the grace of Allah, brought a lot of attention from all the professors I know in the mathematics department. 
But the person who was responsible for looking after me, I wasn't going to them for guidance because what are they going to guide me with? So she was upset. So when she marked the paper, I have the paper until today and her comment. And in it she says, I am demarking you for you have not come to consult me. But if you had, you would have got a distinction. And the reason is, I put at the end about seven or nine pieces of mathematical messages about the future that she can only understand if I tell her what they mean, but I'm not going to. It's not my duty to tell her. There are some things that we say and there are some things we don't say. So I went to her and picked my paper and I was going, she said, you don't want to ask me why? I said to her, I don't. And she said, what are these papers in the back? They look beautiful. You know, when you study math, if you studied math, in primary school, secondary school, they teach you the Chinese magical square. First of all, it's not Chinese. It has to do with China. And second, it's not magical. It's a secret. It's a code. It is nine squares. If you add them all across, they will give you 15. I wrote in my paper, it is not only those three by three squares, but I can go up to 10 by 10 squares. And she didn't understand. She said, how come? So when I put them, she said, interpret them. I said, no, I'm not interpreting them. And I put some of them squares that Imam al-Ghazali, he wrote a full book. By the way, every scholar in Islam, if he wrote a book about fiqh, jurisprudence, they always write a chapter about mathematics. And the best is written by Mahdim al-Arabi, Imam al-Ghazali. And in the earlier people, يعني, there are people who did it, but later, came a man in Egypt who used to be Sheikh Al-Azhar called Ahmed Al-Dirdir. They call him Malik Al-Saqir. Very beautiful man. Anyway, so I looked at the word Salam from the point of view of mathematics. And do you know, if you want to write Salam, it is one, three, one. Just like when you pass a Pakistani shop, they write seven, eight, seven. And people say, or sometimes I write six, but it should be seven, but I write six. Why, they say. And some people say, this is bid'ah, this is nothing to do with them. But you don't understand. What I'm coming to say is that when computers came and people started studying languages, this is in the late 70s, I remember the first degree from uh, computer science came in 1975, 76. And I was one of the first people to apply for one. I was given a, a position in a Sterling University. I never studied it. But I was astonished that the computer language is mathematical language built upon the zero and the one. To me, all of you should look into that because in it, there is plenty of that. Can you come, come to the front and say, yeah. Are you? There are places. There is plenty that you can gain from looking into that. Anyway, the word salam, in English it means peace. But subhanallah, in Islam, as a religion, it had a deeper meaning than just peace. 
because it is linking the creator whom his name is As-Salam the ultimate peace if you want to put it in English like that to the code of conduct and behavior that the human need to carry out while they are living their life to be with him and listen to me carefully to be with him you need to carry a certain code of conduct and behavior so that this salam which we talk about in the world as peace can only be achieved if you are with him because really peace you could be in a war zone and you are in peace you could be in the fire and you're in peace and i'll prove that to you you could be in turmoil but still because peace is not to do with the physical apparent thing that we see and hold peace is something spiritual yeah i don't want to lose you listen to me carefully so this morning when i sat down i was just looking at the quran i just wanted to remind myself about the word salam and there's not a lot of verses that talk about يعني, the religion of Islam itself do you know al Islam is only mentioned twice in the Quran so only twice and I'll go through those verses only twice okay but if you look take it further you can link it to six verses of the Quran okay this is the word al Islam six areas could then be added but clearly two verses will indicate that but the word salam is mentioned in the quran 42 times you might think why am i look, looking at that i'm looking at the relationship between 42 and 6 if you understand mathematics why that's the way i think about things i don't really think about them as words i think about them as mass 6 and 42 it makes sense okay <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> now one of the most important thing for me when i look at the word salam there are maybe 10 verses that make a lot of sense to the one who's really searching for the ultimate peace in their heart and i'm gonna go through some of them in groups now one of the most astonishing okay verse in the quran and all the muslim love <coughs> to read in surah yasin and it called the verse of ultimate peace and you know what yasin is called what is yasin the heart of the quran and the verse in this surah is the ultimate verse for you to achieve peace and therefore if Yaseen is the heart of the Quran this verse is the heart of Yaseen anybody knows the verse? Salamun Awlam Rabbil now listen if you count the letters in Salamun Awlam Rabbil Rahim there are 16 now when you look at it, subhanallah, with the eye of mathematics, it is wow and ya. Wow stands for wahid, which is the ultimate 
goal we are seeking to understand our unity with God. And yeah, stand for a word that most of us miss out, which is yaqeen. And this tells me, in order for you to achieve that peace in your heart, you must have total yaqeen, or absolute certain understanding that the Creator Almighty is one. When you have that in your heart, then you will achieve that peace I'm talking about. Later on I will tell you something that you can use yourself, especially I always use it with non-Muslims when they come to me searching for the truth. I give them this verse, and many of them they see the truth by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the word salam is used for greeting. It's used for greeting, salam. Okay? But people don't understand why it is used. It is used not to say to the person, okay, as we translate it in English, may you have peace. Doesn't mean that. It means from me, the one who is greeting you, rest assured there will come nothing but that which will bring you peace. I noticed as well, the young kids of this country, among those who are rapping and singing songs, when I arrived here, when they meet one another, they put their hand and they say, peace. <laughs> and I asked one of them, because he used to follow me for da'wah, this is in the early 80s, he said to me, so that because they are frightened of us, when we see them, we say, you're all right, man, I'm not going to do any harm to you. And that's the real meaning of salam. When you say to somebody salam, that means rest assured I'm not going to harm you in any way. Me and you are going to be having that vibe from our hearts to keep us all the time in peace. Now, the Quran talks about salam as greeting and the Prophet وسلم, talks about salam as greeting. I want to take this very part of it before we go to the deeper thing, about the greeting, just the greeting. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says in the hadith, Al-Islam Islam is conveying salam to everyone you know or you don't know. Al-Islam salam liman arafta wa liman lam ta'araf. Anybody you see, you are supposed to say to them, salam. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went further for those who were following him among his companions by telling them one of the duties of a Muslim to his brother or sister in Islam when you meet them you must say salam to them you must so if you are following the sunnah you meet anybody you say salam therefore when you go to the Middle East and the Arab countries especially Egypt a person who is walking across the road he doesn't even know you in the morning when he's walking in the afternoon salamu alaikum Mustafa knows that. Salamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. Or peace be with you. And you hear it all the time. I think if me and Mustafa and all the Arabs who are doing this in our country started doing this here, people would think we're crazy. You see? But the funny thing in the modern world we live in, especially like in America, they do something similar, but they don't do it really just to keep the peace between people, but to drive business. Good day, with a smile that is made. Good day, 
You see, if you go to America, and you see, subhanAllah, as if they are made of plastic, and they're standing there firm, they're not like, good day. <laughs> Somebody's putting them on. It doesn't make sense, because it's not really coming from the heart. It's coming by the features of the person look. Okay, they teach them, they train them, and make them, yeah? So, subhanAllah, this is what the Prophet says. You should say it. But the Quran come and instill it in a format of being compulsory. Not to say it, but to reply it if it is said to you. I'm saying this because if anybody meets you and says salam to you, don't ignore it. Especially if you are a believer or a Muslim, don't ignore it. If you ignore it, you are in trouble. Why? Because the Creator Almighty God, His word in the Quran is to be taken seriously, especially when He commands. When you command, you must follow it. What does he say? أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم I seek refuge in Allah from the evil of shaitan. فإذا حييتم بتحية فحيوا بأحسن منها أو ردوها If you are greeted by a greeting, then it is your duty to greet by a better greeting. Or at least retain the same greeting. So what the Creator is wanting you to do to be better than the one who greeted you by doing better. They are trying to confirm to you that they're going to have peace between you in the interaction that you are going to have. You reassure them by a better reassurance. What reassurance can I give them when they say, peace be upon you or peace be with you? I can pray for them. And therefore, salam could be, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and the mercy of Allah as well. That means I'm not just asking you to be in peace with me, but I am asking the Creator Almighty to shower you with mercy. I can go even further, and I could ask him to show you his blessings, or shower you with his blessings. Mm. Now, somebody says, As-salam, you say, As-salam, minimum. As-salamu alaykum, alaykum as-salam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah ta'ala wa barakatuh. And if you go to the nomads in the desert, because they are literalists, they take everything literally as it is being said to them. They will stand sometimes for half an hour greeting one another. <laughs> to undo one another. <laughs> and how is your mother? And how is your mother and father? And how is your grandfather? And how is your grandfather and grandmother? And they carry on in their own simple way. And you keep trying to pull them to sit down. They will not. Until he feels, I have done it better. <laughs> and that I like. This is why Umar ibn Khattab said, Oh Allah, I seek from you an iman like the iman of the general public or the people who are unaware of the reality of knowledge. Those who are uneducated in the position whereby they can okay, talk or express themselves. Iman al-awam, he said. Allahumma atini imanan ki iman al-awam. Don't laugh at them because their iman is strong inside. I have a problem. My problem is our Muslims who are growing, especially in the West here, the young generation, they go to university, they bring to their life a new kind of يعني, building of character by learning from their colleagues and what they see. And if they come to the path of faith and they take Islam, they become a little bit aggressive in their way. So when somebody meets them and say, Assalamu alaikum, they look at them, judge them first. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> and sometimes if they are 
maybe of white complexion, blue eyed, and my goodness. <laughs> Are you a Muslim? <laughs> to me, I, I don't I don't get bothered about it because I think the person doesn't know. Why? Because the Quran talks again is this. The Quran when he says reply with a better reply, or at least the same, he didn't say it to the Muslim or the believer, to everyone. And the Prophet said it in the hadith. Your religion, if you are a Muslim, when you are meeting someone, you grieve them, whether you know them or you don't know them. And listen to what the Quran says. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ولا تقولوا لمن ألقى إليكم السلام لست مؤمنا And do not say to those who will convey salam to you, you are not Muslims. And I hear it, kids are saying it. And somebody is teaching them. Oh, they said, we should not pray for the non-Muslims. Oh, Ibrahim was commanded in the Quran. But what do you know about Ibrahim? What do you know? They know nothing. They know very little, but yet they convey the message in a rigid way. It makes them look ugly, and it conveys the Islamic message to those who are not Muslim. Islam is a savage religion. If you cannot even accept the greeting of somebody who is greeting. And that is not nice. That makes me feel a little bit sad. <laughs> so this, you must think seriously about. Never judge a person because of their looks and then answer whether to greet them or not. We are not supposed to do that. The Prophet said it as a commandment. And by the way, when the Prophet command, it's like the Quran, Allah, Rasul. And do obey Allah and do obey the messenger. Man Allah. And whosoever is obedient to the messenger is definitely obedient to Allah. So from here, when the Prophet said it, I don't even need to look at the Quran. But it is always better to go and say, because sometimes the Quran has more emphasis to help you and to guide you. And I think this is a verse that everybody should take seriously. Now when you look at it as well from another point of view a person needs peace ultimately within himself within his environment within the place that he will be wherever he might be he will need peace with everyone and everything he is going to interact with and ultimately you need peace in the day of resurrection because if you don't have peace that day you have nothing now this is in the Quran says few times but in one of the verses <coughs> that Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam said when he was a baby okay subhanallah as if to say to us all people listen carefully that peace is something important and you must have it every time all the times wherever you might be when his mother was confronted by the people who were very angry, who did not understand that a young girl who was living in a house secured of the messenger of the time, Sayyidina Zakariah or Zakariah salam, and suddenly comes with the baby, they accused her immediately. They just jumped to judgment. And from this we should learn, and the Muslims were just like everybody else. We jumped to conclusion straight away. But just by the looks or what, what we hear from people saying. What did he say after saying that I am a servant of God? He has... <laughs> he says, 
after he said I'm a servant of God he has given me the book made me a prophet he said and he did not make me harsh with my mother he made me kind to her I used to tell us that all of us should be very kind to our mothers whatever happens because the mother can never be equivalent to the father in the nurturing and looking after you as a child and even as an adult and even if you are an elderly man still your mother is your mother now subhanallah he said والسلام علي and may peace be upon me يوم ولدت the day I am born that the day he was speaking ويوم أموت and may peace be upon me the day I die ويوم أبعث حيا and the day I will be raised that means he's taking the whole living dying and being resurrected before Allah as a time whereby you need to have that peace in your heart you know what will happen if you don't have peace in your heart you will be all over the place you'll be panicking, you'll be frightened, you'll be falling about, you'll be screaming. See an accident that happens, there are some people who come out of the accident, they are like mad. What would you do to somebody who's running mad in an accident place? What do you do? Calm down. How do you come in? Please. Sit down. What do you do? You slap them. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? You know why you slap them? This is reality. You know why you slap them? To get, yeah, to shock them. Because he is not really, the physical and the spiritual at that time are separating. And therefore, the spirit inside is unable to focus to hold the body. And the nafs, which is wanting to live, to survive, to enjoy it, to indulge, to do all that, is doing what it's doing. So the person is all over the place. And therefore, once you slap them, they focus on you. <laughs> you bring them back to position. Once they come back, and then you can talk to them. Allah, they come out. Don't go and do this to anyone coming from accident. <laughs> so, the sheikh said it. No, be careful. <laughs> I had the fatwa. <laughs> you have to be very, very careful. Yeah? You have to be very careful. And this is done only in the case when the person is really, and you see them running, you see them screaming, you want them to calm down. You do that. So, Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam, here, through him we learn a lesson that we don't really seek salam or seek peace for one position or at one time or for one occasion. We should seek salam from the day we are born to the day when we stand before the Almighty Allah. Because it is a bigger thing than just greeting and wanting the physical peace that you are not attacked. If you look at the United Nations, human rights, okay, uh, people who are uh, struggling and fighting for something to benefit okay, them to achieve peace. The peace they want is that to have a comfortable living whereby they are not harmed. And all that which they have earned in their living is not taken away from them. But I'm asking a question. If you have all that, then why do you get sad? And why do you feel depressed? And why ultimately many people become very depressed? Sick. And we know the Western world today is living comfortable life. There is no war, there is nothing. For at least maybe 60, 70 years. So mashallah, for the first time, they're having that prosperity of having what they call peace. But are they really in peace? They're not. Because if you ask their medical surveyors, and those who do surveys about their health condition, they say the majority of the people who are living in the West they are depressed. 
over 60%. And some of them are very rich, very successful. They're killing themselves, for goodness sake. Somebody who's so famous, has too much money, why do you kill yourself? Because there is no peace inside. The ultimate peace has no place in their heart. The peace they have is the outside peace, the physical peace, which is not really the peace we want. We want the peace of the heart. Here I come and relate to you about you could have peace even if you are in the fire. Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam. Yani he the man, his story is beautiful, absolutely, but it needs to be related as one go. If one day, inshallah, we are meeting again, I can relate that story in a, a good way to understand it. But one of the things that I like about him, as I said earlier on, the wow and the yeah, because he has al-wahid in his heart and he's totally certain there is nothing else but him, he went through many tests. He destroyed all the idols. He challenged his own family and his people. He ran away. He challenged the king in the area. He went to Egypt. He made them feel astonished. How could a man be such noble and knowledgeable? So they gifted him a woman to become our grandmother as Arabs. Hajir. Okay? And the whole story of Ibrahim and Hajir and moving to Mecca and finding the Kaaba is just a means to the realization Oh, children of Adam, remember, don't forget, from him, the one you came and to whom you will return, don't take anything beside him from the physical world you see, or that which you make by your hand, or that come from your own delusions, okay, and desire inside to be equivalent or equal to him. None can be equivalent or equal to him, and none can benefit you or harm you but him. قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد say to them oh Muhammad it is he Allah the one the unique the one who have never given birth to children and the one who was never born in simple way and there is nothing equivalent to him nothing so Ibrahim عليه السلام in the test of his people at the beginning when they wanted to destroy him and finish with him they came to an agreement, the only way to deal with such a clever child, who was a child, remember, to throw him in the fire. And they threw him in the fire. And do you know, subhanAllah, while he's in the fire, he was having the best time of his life, related by himself. <laughs> he said he never felt so reassured with his union Okay, or relationship or link with the Creator than that time. Because inside the fire, he was sitting, thinking, no one can harm me, and no one can benefit me, and I am with him. You know what happened? The Creator Almighty God sent him the angel of the ark, Sayyidina Jibreel alayhi salam, and it came, Salam alaykum Ibrahim, wa alaykum salam Jibreel. They were already know one another. As-salam, as-salam. The peace, convey peace to you. Wa alayka wa alayhi salam. And he is asking me, to ask you, do you need anything that I can help you? What do you need? I will do anything for you. To destroy them, to take you away from here, to put the fire down. He said, can I ask you a question? Oh, Jibreel. He said, yes. Are you a creator or a created? He said, well, of course I'm created. He said, well, 
I never ask the created to help me. I only seek my help from the creator. Do you know what Allah did in the heaven? They said this is one of the time Allah smiled. Allah looked down at Ibrahim and said, this is what I want. He want everyone to be saying. He said, Ya Nar. Allah himself said, O fire, kuni bardan wa salaman ala Ibrahim. Be cool and peaceful upon Ibrahim. And then what happened? The people were going, coming, going, and coming until a huge pile of ashes was there and the family was crying of Ibrahim and then the other people who pushed his family to burn him, they said, okay now, we'll allow you to take the bones and go and bury them for the ashes, bury them. So they were trying to go closer and you know what happened? Suddenly somebody came from outside the ashes, Bismillah. <laughs> what happened? They all ran away. Goodness. Devil has come out, shaitan, jinn, ifrit. <laughs> and when they ran away, some of them who had sympathy for him, and this is something that you need to take, whenever you have sympathy with somebody you have cause with God, you will always be linked to God. Because they have sympathy, they came to him. And Allah talks about them in the Quran beautifully. And I'm not going to relate that to you, but you think about it. So here, the salam that Ibrahim received is not really a salam that achieved by him putting the fire off or him having a magical kind of potion to get him out of the fire like the magician tried to do the tricks. No, no, no. This is real. And by Allah Almighty God, even us, if we have that peace inside, we can take the fire, we can eat the fire, we can sit in the fire and nothing will happen. That is what you should understand because at the end of the day, remember, Allah said in the Quran, وَكَانَ عَرْشُهُ عَلَى الْمَاءِ And his throne was upon water. The Creator Almighty God. وَمِنَ الْمَاءِ خَلَغْنَا كُلَّ شَيْءٍ حَيْءٍ And from the water, we created everything that is living. And there is one thing for us as a human in that water, without it we will never be able to live for a second. What is it? Oxygen. So you need to, I'm not going to tell you about it, but this, you need to make your mind work. This is why Allah said, وَتَفَكَّرُوا I'm just giving you hints. I want you to think. وَتَفَكَّرُوا okay? فِي خَلْغِ السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ In the creation of the heaven and the earth. Those who invent things, they don't just tell ah, Eureka. <laughs> that man who said Eureka, it didn't just come like that. He was <laughs> pondering for weeks or months or years until he said Eureka. Okay? So you need to think about everything. And I would like you to come now with me to think about salam in another way. Salam is also going to be a greeting that the believers will receive in the day of judgment. And I will tell you why. And also Allah says in the Quran, those who will go to the hellfire, they will never be approached by anyone to give them or show them salam. So when you are depressed, when you are in anguish, when you are in trouble, when you are feeling inside very sad and questioning everyone and everything, not realizing you are questioning the creator who created you to test you in your life, rather than having that peace of mind and getting away from your trouble, you are drifting away. The reason is, You can't question the creator whom you have signed an agreement with, that you're going to believe in him, 
trust in him, depend upon him, seek from him, and turn to nobody, and definitely fear no one but him. But now, suddenly you are tested the little test, you're panicking. You need to settle. Abdullah ibn Umar al-Khattab says, Mahammana amrun illa wa qad ta'allamna min Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam an narka'a raga'atan. Thumma nadu'u Allah fayistajibu lana. Whenever we're confronted by any dilemma, we have learned from the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we'll get up and pray two raga'at of salah and ask him the Almighty and he will answer us immediately. No panicking. Do we do this in our life? We don't. We panic. Now listen. The Quran says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم والله يدعو إلى دار السلام. And Allah invites you to the garden of peace. The garden of peace is the ultimate place whereby the human can be closest to his creator as he was created initially before he was put into the physical body. Our creation is not different than Adam. Do you know that before your ruh is put into your mother's womb, you are just a physical being, useful for nothing. But then, 40, ثم 40, ثم 40, 40 days, 40 days, 40 days, then the Prophet said, you are inside. First Allah created the vehicle that carries you, then you are in. Like Adam alayhi salam. As Muhammad sallam says, كنت نبيا وآدم بين الماء والطين I was a prophet already spiritually and Adam was still mud and water وكنت نبيا أسبح بين يدي الرحمن وتسبح الملائكة بتسبيحي قبل ألفي عام من خلق آدم 2000 years before Allah has created Adam the mud in the heavens I was a prophet glorifying Allah and the malaika were repeating after me he was saying, Subhanallah, the Malik was saying, Subhanallah, Subhanallah, Bihamdihi, Subhanallah, Bihamdi, and they're repeating. This is all pure, true ahadith of Rasulullah. So then, when Allah put the spirit into the physical body, we became the human of today. The same thing. Every one of us is created the same way. But you are not clay inside your mother, a little object of clay. You are just flesh and bones. And then, Allah put the spirit into you. So, Darus Salam is the place whereby if Allah allows you to enter it, that which you used to receive before Adam was created from the mud, you will receive then. And you can receive it now if Allah allows you. Even for a fraction of a time. Have you ever had the feeling suddenly for a moment of time, maybe a few seconds, some people are very like a few minutes you find yourself you're not here but you're somewhere else but in a place whereby the peace that you have in your heart you have never even felt but subhanallah it is usually interrupted by something that's making you worry and wonder what's going on but it happens you need to look for it in your moment of life Allah always reminds you some people have it more than others and some people have it more often you need to grasp those moments because if you grasp them then you are closer to understanding your reality. So Allah is inviting me and you and all of us to get to him into the garden of peace. And as I said at the beginning of my talk, you need to be appreciating what you have gained into keeping that code of conduct and behavior 
to achieve that ultimate peace. If you don't have that code of conduct and behavior, it will not, and we'll say that at the end, what the code of conduct is. Allah said in the Quran, وَقَالَ لَهُمْ خَزَنَتُهَا سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ Once you are redirected in peace, you are taken by the prophets to your garden, and the guardians of your heaven that has been made for you will say to you, Salamun alaykum. Now, peace be upon you. You know why they say that? Because you are coming from a world whereby you were living like in a dream. And you were redirected and you were seeing everything that is supposed to be real. And you are in a shock. Whether you are a believer or an unbeliever. So once you come, they reassure you again. Okay? You have done well. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, okay, says in the verse, and the guardian of the heaven will say to them, peace be upon you, you have done well. You have achieved what Allah has created you for, then enter it. You will dwell in it forever. There is no other life. There is no other return. Here, you need to think carefully if you are a Muslim, that you should never have in your mind a doubt that you're going to come back. Or when you hear people saying, well, sometimes there are places, they so so and so. Once you leave this world, you will never come back. That's it. The only way a human being can come back is spiritual, not physical. And who can come back spiritually? Those whom Allah has granted them the position of being in a state of martyrdom, being martyrs, shuhada. For they have lost their right to live in this world. Suddenly their life is stolen from them. A woman who is delivering a baby, what does she do wrong? And she dies. She's a martyr. A person who's drowning or in a fire or in an accident, somebody killed them, cut their life short. What did they do? They didn't do anything. They didn't die the normal death. Everybody should die the normal death. Allah is just. Allah said, if your life is stolen from you by an accident or deliberately, then in my sight, you're going to be alive. And you who are aware of this, never think for a moment in your heart, this person is dead. And do not think those who have given their life without their normal way of death are dead, but they are alive with their Lord. And underline your zakun meaning sustained. And we know sustain, sustenance, meaning being fed. They eat and they drink. Abdullah ibn Abbas, the great scholar of Islam, the cousin of the Prophet, when they asked him, how are they? He said, when their souls are taken, they are not put with the other souls in the barzakh. And their bodies are buried like the way we are buried, washed and cleaned, and we have a shroud over us. We get buried as shmarta as they are. And their soul is taken to the throne of Allah. And Allah gives them heavenly bodies. And through their heavenly bodies, they can come to the earth anytime they want. They have total freedom. They are in fact in a position higher than the Malaika. Jibreel couldn't go beyond the seven heavens, but they are... <laughs> It's amazing. And Rasulullah used to sit and confirm this in a hadith sahih. He was sitting many times and he would say, Salaamu Alaikum. Ya Ja'far. Mm -hmm. At-Tayyar. Mm -hmm. He calls him At-Tayyar. They said to him, 
Why are you calling him this name? He said, because Ja'far boss, his arm were cut in the bottle, defending us. And subhanallah, Ja'far ibn Abi Talib, his cousin as well. Allah has exchanged his two arms with two wings and has given him the permission anytime to come on like an angel, fly on this earth and go. I always wonder when he's flying and seeing us, I say, you pathetic people. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> you foolish ones. <laughs> Yeah, because imagine if you know there is a way to save yourself, you're not, you are told again and you don't care. Don't do it, don't do it. And we are doing it. Mm. Keep away from it and we are keeping in it. The reminder doesn't happen. So some people say, why are we repeating things in religion? Because we need that repetition. Allah said in the Quran, Keep reminding, for indeed your reminder of Muhammad وسلم, will be of benefit for those who have a little bit of light in their heart or face. So it's good to keep reminded all the time. Okay? The next one. Da'wahum fiha, subhanakallahumma. Once they enter it, the good people, into the garden, the garden of peace, their prayer will be, subhanakallahumma. Glory be to you, O Almighty Lord. They say Allahumma is an abbreviation to all the names of Allah in one. If you don't know that, know this. So when you say Allahumma, it's absolutely beautiful. Because Allah is the ultimate Almighty and there is no one can have that name. But Allahumma include all the other attributes of Allah. There are 99 of them, whosoever memorize them and act upon those which he can take as an attribute for himself, Kareem being generous, Rahim being merciful, and so on, then definitely paradise will be his place. For Allah, there are 99 names, whosoever memorize them and act upon those names that he can put as attributes for himself, Allah will allow him to enter paradise. Insha'Allah. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then after that, when they meet one another, because they are in the ultimate position of peace, every time they meet, they say the word salam. <coughs> Not just to reassure themselves, because they are in the ultimate place of peace, but it becomes a source of an enjoyment for them. It's something that they are loving. This is that which made them successful. This is that which allows them to be in the position that they are in. So it becomes their dhikr. And therefore, one of the best words that I have learned in my life to say all the time, Ya Salam. I repeat it a lot in my life. Ya Salam. My father, I never heard him anything. Everything that happens, he always says, Ya Salam. Ya Salam. So I, as a child, everything, something falls down, people go, Oh! Why do you, oh, what does oh mean? Or, Oof! What is oof mean? <laughs> and in the Western world, you have got a lot of terminology. I don't understand. People say them. Okay? And instead of saying my God, they say my gosh. What is my gosh? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what does it mean. But in any case, keep saying it. Salam. It's a beautiful word. It, it, it will really give you something in your heart that will make you feel good. Okay? Now, Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
Allah taught him, look, oh Muhammad, everything we have given to you, we have already given to people before you. Alaykum as Everything we have given to you, we have already given to prophets before you. But you are here to perfect what we have given them. We are here to make you the seal, the final caller to call people to our way and to bring them that peace. And therefore Allah said to him in the Quran, دعواهم فيها سبحانك اللهم وتحيتهم فيها سلام This is for us but for him صلى الله عليه وسلم قول الحمد لله Because already you are in that position of peace O Muhammad قول الحمد لله say الحمد لله You don't need to ask more When he used to stand and pray all night until his feet used to swell عائشة رضي الله عنه يا رسول الله Why are you tearing yourself and killing yourself Allah has given you everything he forgave all your sin, past, present, and future. And he has raised you. You are remembered. Your name was written on the throne when Adam was created and before Adam. Your name is linked to Allah for everyone who will believe in Allah. La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah An equation that can never be complete without it. So what do you want? Shouldn't I be a grateful servant, he said. Shouldn't I be a grateful servant? Therefore, gratitude have a great position in the heart of the person who has salam. And remember, if you are not showing gratitude to those who serve you among the creation, you are ultimately not grateful to Allah. Whosoever does not thank the servant of Allah who is serving him, is not grateful enough to Allah. It makes me feel sad when they say the Muslims are not polite. They are servants and they say, thank you. I wish every Muslim doesn't just say thank you. Jazakumullah. May Allah Himself Almighty reward you. It's a very good thing to say and teach your children, teach yourself to say. Anybody serves you, just say Jazakallah. May Allah reward you. Leave the reward to Allah. And you can say it to anybody because when you say Jazakallah, even to the non Muslim, that means may Allah give you what you need. Maybe guidance He needs. Maybe protection He needs. Maybe removal from the environment He did. Jazakallah. It's a good thing that. I like. I come to a third area, and the last area in this is the salam that we need to have and we need to maintain after we have an argument with anybody. When we have a fight, we do fight. And as children, children fight. Oh, Allah, Allah. <laughs> Welcome, welcome. MashaAllah, welcome my sister. I'm so sorry, the place is not really easy to see. Welcome. Come and sit in the front here. Alaikum wassalam. Come, come and come to the front, the place. looking in the street I have if I'm sitting I say welcome come in <laughs> welcome you can shop around we're selling we're doing tijarat al-lantabur inshallah a business that will never be in loss okay now the third area that I said okay is the area whereby you have a fight or an argument with somebody 
and the salam that you need to maintain between you and them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows because the heart is the place for peace and if you don't have that peace there is troubles and remember your heart is the throne of the creator if you do not think about this seriously you're going to be a loser so in order for you to have that ultimate peace in your heart you should always be in a position whereby you carry no grudge no animosity no anger towards anybody in fact the word enemy Allah mentioned in the Quran again is only one who's that? shaitan inna shaitana kana lakum adu fattakhiduhu aduwa shaitan was an enemy for you your duty now to take him as an enemy but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always encouraged the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and encourage the believing men and women to always forgive and make up and maintain salam. For example, Allah said to him, خُذِ الْعَفْوَةِ O Muhammad Sallam, in the position of argument with somebody, take the side of forgiving. خُذِ الْعَفْوَةِ This is number one. Regarding those who annoy him, upset him, Allah said to him, صلى الله عليه وسلم, وَعْفُ عَنْهُمْ وَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ Oh Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Okay Let them go With peace in your heart And forgive them Don't hold on to them With anger and try to question them Why did you do that? I'm sorry Your sorry is not anything to me I'm not accepting it I just want to know why And you call yourself my friend I'm angry with you If we do this all of us but we shouldn't do that. The loser is the one who carries these things. I think, oh, it's my right to be angry. Not your right. When it regards Muhammad, Allah said to him, Wasfah. Not just forgive and make up with them, but forget everything they did to you and treat them as if they have done nothing to you. Not just that, even. And you must make up the best of the ways so that you will never have anything in your heart against them. And when they see you, they treat you as if nothing has happened. And therefore here in the verse, okay, Allah said to him, Now, why I chose this verse? He said to him, make up with them but maintain the peace. And say to them, when you are with them, salam. Because a lot of us sometimes, when somebody annoys us, anger us, make us feel upset, we might shake hands and say, okay, I, I, I forgive you. But when we meet them, I don't need to say salam. We forget it is a commandment from the Prophet. And Islam is to say salam. We forget if they say salam to us, the reply is compulsory from the Quran. But forget all that. Allah even commands Muhammad he must say salam. Who are we to Muhammad If he is the one who brought us this deen and he is commanded to forgive and to make up and to forget and to treat those people all the time in peace and to greet them with peace, there is nothing left for us but to do the same. If we don't do that, then we have not achieved the peace.
Allah said in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الدين عند الله الإسلام The religion in the sight of God is an Islam. Now, I'm going to finish my talk by talking about what I said at the beginning, that is a misunderstanding. Al-Islam comes okay, from Salam. And Salam means peace. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as I said at the beginning, His name as Salam, the peace, or the ultimate peace. And therefore, Al-Islam does not really mean peace. I hear a lot of people. In fact, nowadays, because of the media in the West and the television and the internet, everybody when they ask them, what is the Islam? Islam is peace. I get very upset. Because for the little one who doesn't understand, or for the non-Muslim, he says, hold on, if Islam is peace, why every time you look at the area where the Muslims are, or Islam is practiced, there is fighting, there is wars, there is killing, there is argument. Look at our mosques. Forget about Somalia and Afghanistan and Iraq. Just look at our mosque here. There is fighting among the trustees. And look at the Muslim groups. They're killing one another. So it doesn't make sense to say that an Islam is peace. What does an Islam mean? An Islam ultimately, my brothers and sisters, means the way to peace. The way to peace. An Islam means the way to peace. And who is peace? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Where do I get this from? From Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He taught us every time we link ourselves with Allah in the salah, which means the link to Allah. Salah is the link between the servant and his Lord. Every time after you link yourself to Allah and you come out of your salah and you say, Assalamu alaykum, and we turn our head to the right to greet those who are physical with us and those who are not physical among the jinn and the angels. And then again to our left, if there are people sitting on our left, then we should say, Allahumma anta salam. We should declare there, Oh Allah, I have just connected myself to you because you are the ultimate peace. وَمِنْكَ السَّلَامَ From you come to me the peace. وَإِلَيْكَ يَرْجِعُ السَّلَامَ In the day of judgment. And to you retain the peace. Oh my Lord, allow me to dwell in this world, the physical world, in peace within my heart. And in the day of judgment, when you reserved me before yourself, greet me with your greeting of peace. Salam. His greeting to them when they meet him in the day of judgment is salam. And allow us to dwell in your garden. The guarding of peace. Tabarakta wa ta'alaita ya al ikram. May glory be to you. O you almighty Allah. This is the dua of Rasulullah. From here, you could learn that Al-Islam is the way to him. Who is the Muslim then? If you ask anybody, even adults, they say the Muslim is the one who said La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. The Muslim who uh, prays, the Muslim who fasts, the Muslim who goes to Hajj. It makes me feel sad as well. In the hadith of the hypocrite, the Rasulullah says, Arbu'un man kulna fihi, aw kanat fihi khillatun aw khislatun minhunna, kanat fihi khislatun min al-nifaq, aw kana munafiqan khalusa. Walaw, salla, wa saam, wa hajja. 
أو ادعى أو قال إنه مسلم. For if you have one of them or all of them, you are a hypocrite or a part hypocrite. Even if you pray and fast and go to Hajj and claim you are a Muslim. And this is sad. We need to think carefully. We should not just claim. You can't claim anything. Okay. Who is the Muslim then? صدق رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ونسيد المسلم من سلم المسلمون من لسانه ويده the Muslim is the one whom others are saved from their hand and their tongue I ask you a question whenever you see two people quarreling or angry with one another what brought them to that position it's only a word they said or a gesture they used or a part a limb of their body they used to hit or kick يعني you don't People straight away when they're the fight, why are you fighting? He says this to me. He insulted my mother. He insulted my nation. Okay? That's the idea. And I'm going to fight him straight away. He called me a name. He said the racist word to me. So the tongue is absolutely in trouble here. The second thing is using hands. Gestures as well could lead to troubles. And physical attack. So if you really want to prove to yourself you are a Muslim, nobody will hear any bad from you and no one will be harmed by you. And hence, peace. Yeah, as they may say, peace. I'm not going to harm you. Okay? So subhanallah, Rasulullah is so wise when he says this. So wise. Because at the end of the day, you cannot claim to be a Muslim whereby your language is not the proper language. In fact, He says, a sign of the hypocrite, when he speaks, he will only use the language that will insult, demean, or a language that is vulgar. There are many hadiths to prove this. Today, in your world you are living, to swear is cool. In fact, not just cool, it's sick. <laughs> or wicked. Yeah? Hmm. The children don't like to watch even cartoons if there is no swearing in it. Astaghfirullah. <laughs> Okay. And he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ma kana sababa He was never a person to insult Or to demean Or to use bad language Cut it If you are your tongue having this Cut this from your life If you don't cut it from your life Then you are in trouble Now, So now we know What is Islam The way to the peace And who is a Muslim Man salim al-Muslimuna Bil lisanihi wa yadi So this is We understand The word peace should not be confused. The word peace should not be abused. The word peace should not be put in a position whereby others will question it as if, no, you are just like the others. No, we're not like the other people. You know why we're not like the others? Okay? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam this in the Quran. He said, فَمَا يُرِدْ When Allah wants to guide someone because He is the guide, we cannot guide, He guides. We can just direct. If somebody in the car in the street asks you okay, to guide him to a place he's going, you're not going to take him literally there, you'll just direct him where to go. But He is guided by the Almighty Allah if He can use His mind and understand the instruction He gives to Him properly. So here, whosoever Allah wants to guide them to himself, he will open their heart. 
for al-Islam. For what? For knowing how to return to him. How to go back to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. There will be something within themselves that will lead them to get to know who Allah is. There will be something burning inside them. They will never stop pondering, questioning, asking, looking. If you are not in that position, something is wrong. Okay? And then Allah asks a question in the Quran. As if he say to us, listen to me, my servant. The one whom Allah opened their chest and their heart to receive that way of getting back to me, okay, in Islam. And he is a light guided by his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. But those who are not remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their creator, woe will be to them in the day of judgment. They are in total error. I am saying this because we are living today in a world I could see the horn of the ultimate jahiliya coming back again, whereby people are standing around saying, science is so much advanced. It put ridicule to people who claim miracles and prophet and religion. What is this? It's just telling tales. And a lot of people, good people, who could be guided to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, are being put in a position of limbo. And if you are a believer, don't listen to that. Keep away from that. Run from it. You're running from the lion. You know that a lion there, and you know he's going to eat you. Are you going to confront him? You're going to run away. Run from those people. Don't listen to them. We are living at a dangerous time. I promise you, very dangerous time. The fight today is not really between religion. The fight today is between those who say we believe in God and those who say there is no God. Mm-hmm. The fight today is between Rahman, the Sustainer, Almighty God, who said to you and me. If you want to know me, seek to know me from one who have experienced about me. Rahman, fas'al bihi khabira, he said in the Quran. And between a shaytan. But he's a loser. He already lost. He has nothing to gain here nor the here. And then Allah is reminding us again. He said, وَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِنْ مَنْ عَلَى اللَّهِ الْكَذِبِ And who is more in error and disgrace than the one who lies about knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or denying his existence subhanahu wa ta'ala especially if you are trying to invite them to the way of peace or to the way to peace subhanahu wa ta'ala okay for Allah will never guide those people who are drifting themselves in the past of error by thinking they know it all. Like Pharaoh. Pharaoh felt he knows everything. You know why he felt like that? Because he was the ultimate king in the time. Egypt used to be America of today. Egypt used to have the biggest army in the world. Egypt can conquer any place. And those pharaohs, they were powerful. The building they had then, they didn't have cranes and machines. But how look at them. Wow. They're magnificent if you look at them. And they had everybody under their command. The Europeans were their servant. Okay? The Israelis, <laughs> Bani Israel, children of Jacob, were their slaves. The Africans were their everybody. And they were the masters. So Pharaoh felt, I'm God. 
So when Musa came to him, look, Lara, you're an Arab. You're not God. He laughed at him. Do you have another God beside me? He said to Musa. Do you have another God beside me? Yeah, Haman. Ibn Li Sarhan. Oh, Haman, his wazir, minister, build me a tower so I can climb on top and look and see the, the God of Musa he's talking about. Look at the ridiculous way he was talking. But imagine when Musa opened the sea with a stick and he took all Bani Israel to the other side and Musa walked to the middle of Pharaoh with his army and they thought they can do it. And by the way, there's a little bit when you read the Quran, maybe you don't understand it. Animals never like to walk into water like horses and camels. They are frightened of water. Subhanallah, when he hit the sea, the Red Sea, and it opened, and water never stood still, stood still, and the ground, the horses couldn't go. Their animals stopped, and they were making noise. And the people were frightened. What is this Musa? He's going to catch us. He's going to destroy us as well. But then they went. You know why they went? Allah sent from the heaven, Jibreel alayhi salam, to ride on a horse that they could not see. And once the horse went in front of them, the animal just followed suit. Mm-hmm. That's why in your school they used to tell you, don't be a sheep. Because sheep follow one another. <laughs> so they went suit. When they went to the other side, and they were saved, everybody followed Musa where he was going and standing to look to see what's happening to Pharaoh's people. Except for one man called Samiri. He wandered. He went away. What was he doing? He was following that horse because Allah opened his heart to see the horse. And then he took a dust. And then later on when they made the calf, he put it in and the calf was making noise, become real. Calf. They asked him, how did you do that? He said, I saw an animal walking in the water before us. Wherever it put its hoof on the ground, a plant comes. Because Jibreel is Ruh. And whatever he touches, it can bring life. Mm. That's the idea. And when he took that, he real, I realized in that dust there is power. He took it straight away. You understand? That's why you see today some of the people who go to tombs of righteous people or the Prophet's grave, they try to take some of the dust. What's going to do to you? They're not thinking this is God or going to have, but they think this is blessed. Mm. Like the Zamdam is blessed. What is Zamdam? Just water. You understand? Or the date of the prophet tree of death. You see, there's just blessing in it. That's the idea. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam the power to show the people that Pharaoh has nothing, had no peace, because he transgressed beyond bound to claim his God and he drowned in front of his people who were behind and those who were around him. They all drowned except for him he was alive. And when he realized this is apparent, he put his head up and said, Ya Musa, again, was, Ya Musa, I believe. And Musa, for a minute, he wanted to save him. Allah said, no. If only he called me. If only he said, Ya Allah, O Lord of the heaven and the earth, I am wrong. I claim the false claim. He was looking for the makhluk. He was not Ibrahim, alayhi salam. He's not clever. So I want you to be Ibrahim, not to be Pharaoh. Be Ibrahim. Ask Allah. Tend to Allah. Fear nothing but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah said about him then, Ibrahim alayhi salam, ma kana Ibrahim Yahudian. Ibrahim alayhi salam was not a Jew. The Jewish religion came later. 
ولا نصرانيا هي وضعت كريستيان ولكن كان حنيفا مسلما but he was a pure surrender to the Lord سبحانه وتعالى wanting him I'm going to finish my talk by reading this verse to you inshallah and think about it this is a dua of Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam I love Sayyidina Yusuf and anybody who didn't read the surah Yusuf properly read it maybe you read it just for barakah but read it for understanding okay in it there is secrets and this is one of the verses that have a secret in it if you want Allah to open your heart and to give you more and to allow you to see the other side because by the way when you sleep and you dream you are in the real world when you are awake you are dreaming we are dreaming now when we go to bed then we are in the real life many of us say I don't see dreams everybody dreams because your soul leaves your body but some of us forget our dream and if you forget your dream I make it like a, a joke to the kids that I said to them you haven't paid your license if you don't pay your license no pictures okay if you don't pay sky television no sky you want to see the heaven the sky then inshallah you need to ask Allah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha says to Rasulullah O Messenger of Allah, I want to see the people that remember them. Ya Aisha, quuli, Allahumma arini ru'yatan tayyibatan salihatan wa dhakkirniha wa la tunsiniha. When I was young, I used to say to my mother, my mother everybody said, did you dream? And, and I used to forget my dream, but please. Then one day she taught me this, about, about eight years old, I think. And this is the best, inshallah. Rabbi qad ataytani min al-mulk. My Lord, you have given me of the wisdom. Wa'allamtani min ta'wil al-ahadith. And you have given me the knowledge of interpreting the dreams. You are the initiator and the creator of the heaven and the earth. You are my support, help in this world. And definitely in the hereafter. Allow me to die in peace. And he didn't say, I already know I'm going to go to heaven but allow me to be with the righteous. Now this is a beautiful dua for all of us to read. Please look at Surah Yusuf and read this verse and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring us all to the position of understanding our religion, the right understanding. And if Allah give us the permission and open our heart, when we convey it through our word or our action to those who are Muslim or non-Muslim, it will be appreciated in the heaven. One of the mashayikh of Jeddah Saudi Arabia, great man, his name was Sayyid Abdul Ghadir al-Saggaf from the family of Rasulullah I asked him to pray for me. He said, you pray for me and remind okay, yourself to ask Allah to forgive me. So I said to him, and he's an elderly man in his 90s. He said to me, please, remember me with your Lord. Remember me with your Lord. When I asked him why, he said, I am living in a land whereby when the heaven people, the angels, look down, it's like a dark night, clear sky, and too many stars because there are too many people praying. But you are living in England and in London. When it is dark and everybody is doing whatever they are doing, there are only a few stars raising their hands. So you are lucky to be living in this country because to the people of the heaven, you are few. Your dua is a thousand times or more better than the dua of somebody who is making it in Mecca. So keep making dua. And the time of making dua is when the people are indulging in the dunya. If you are shopping in the street, remember Allah. 
So if you are doing your shopping, shop at room scale. <laughs> you find people buying hereafter, inshallah. Number two, if it is raining, don't go and say, oh, terrible weather. Astaghfirullah. Do not insult Allah. It is from Allah. Without rain, then there is no water, and then there is no plantation, no need that. When suddenly it is before, like this time now, before sunset, is the time for dua and asking Allah. Usually people are busy, rushing to complete the work of the day, doing the shopping and early morning before sunrise. And by the way, when somebody is said to have woken up from the wrong side of the bed, they didn't wake up from the wrong side of the bed, they have slept until the sun rises over their head. For Rasulullah says, Rest assured that is a human being whom shaitan has passed water over their ears. What do you expect? If shaitan passed water over your ears, you're going to be miserable. Your mother or your father will ask you, are you alright? Why are you asking me another question? <laughs> I'm just saying, do you need a lift? I don't need a lift. Can I make you breakfast? Oh my goodness. But that's every question you're asking. So don't do that. Please. One moment you feel like that, go and make wadu and ask Allah to give you peace of mind and give you success here and hereafter. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Allahumma anta as-salam wa minka as-salam wa ilayka yarja'u as-salam. Fa'ahyina ya rabbana bis-salam wa hayyina ya rabbana bis-salam. Fa'ahyina jannah daraka dara salam. Fa'barakta wa ta'alayka ya dal-jalal wal-ikram. Allahumma inna natawajjahu ilayka bi nabiyika al-mukhtar wa alihi al-akhiyar. An tukaffir anna al-dhunubu wal-awthar. Wa nath'aluka bi nabiyika al-mustafa wa alihi ahla sadghu wal-wafa. An takul lana mu'inan mu'zifa wa an tubawi'na min al-jannati gurafa. اللهم رب اشرح صدورنا بالإسلام ونور بصائرنا بالإيمان واجعلنا من عبيدك المحسنين المخلصين المخلصين ونسألك اللهم أن تنجنا من الهم والغم والحزن والكرب العظيم ربنا آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها فإنك أنت خير من زكاها وأبلغ روح سيدنا محمد الطاهرة الشريفة منا تحية وسلامة اللهم أبلغه منا كل خير واجزه اللهم عنا خير الجزاء اللهم اجعلنا سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ما هو أهله واجز اللهم عنا والدينا خير الجزاء واجز اللهم عنا معلمينا خير الجزاء واجز اللهم عنا مشايخنا خير الجزاء I ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى for all of us in this place here, Allah will open our heart and fill it with that which will make it always in peace and allow us to be a people of peace and allow us to always attract people with that peace we have in our heart. And may Allah allow the people of this land to be people of peace, inshallah. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Sukaina and for Sazan uh, and the people who have worked very hard to make this possible today, Allah will give them the ultimate peace and make them shining lantern for people to be invited to peace. And I ask Allah for all of you that you will be always in the domain of peace with the peaceful one Allah Rabbil Alameen. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept the dua for anybody who asks us to pray for them. Those who are sick, may Allah heal them. Those who are seeking work, may Allah give them jobs. Those who are working, may Allah make them sincere and truthful in their work. Those who are married, may Allah keep them with their partners. Those who have children, may Allah raise them to be the best of children. And those who have no children, may Allah give them children. Those who are not married, may Allah give them the best of partners. And those who are seeking anything from Allah, whether we know it or not, may Allah give it to them. And may Allah give us success in this world so that we will be successful in the hereafter. For our brothers and sisters who are suffering all over the world, among the children of Adam, may Allah remove their suffering. Those who are hungry, may Allah feed them. Those who are homeless, may Allah give them homes. Those who are no shoes in their feet, may Allah give them shoes. And those who are not wearing clothes, may Allah give them clothes. Those who need security, may Allah give them security. And those who need ultimate peace, may Allah give them peace. For the people in Syria, especially in Hims, 
May Allah remove their suffering. May Allah remove those who are making them suffer. And may Allah give them the best of life here and hereafter. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunana minal khasirin. Ikhfir allahumma lana wa tuba alayna wa tawallana bi rahmatika ya rahman rahimin. As-salatu wa salamu alayka ya sayyidi ya rasulallah. As-salatu wa salamu alayka ya sayyidi ya nabiyallah. As-salatu wa salamu alayka ya sayyidi ya habiballah. As-salatu wa salamu alayka ya imam al-mursaleen. As-salatu wa salamu alayka ya khatam al-nabiyyin. As-salatu wa salamu alayka ya shafi'a al-mudhnibin. سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين باي ذا واي أيديت فاتحة لاودلي فورتوريزم The first reason, the best dua is Al-Fatiha. The best dua, if you want to ask Allah anything, because you are asking Him for guidance, for that peace journey. So you are saying, Ya Allah, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim, Ya Rabbal Alameen, Ya Malik, Ya Maddeen, Ya Man, Ya Ka'bud, Ya Kasta'in, Ihdin al-Salat al-Mustaghi. Best dua. These are the best names. So whenever you want to ask Allah by names, ask by those first names of Allah. Second thing, we did it loudly because if somebody amongst us who knows the Fatiha but doesn't read it with Tajweed properly, the Quran has to be that properly. Then they learn. Because the minimum of reciting the Quran is Fatiha. And by the way, if you don't read the Fatiha in your Salah in every Raga'ah, you have no Salah. And therefore, if you read it wrong, it's problems. So we read it all the time. So whenever you do, read it so that people will learn to read it properly. Anybody have a question? Sheikh, we need 42 and 6. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we talk separately. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. What what's the multiple seven, six seven, six times seven? seven. seven. What is seven? Seven, seven heavens. Mathematics. By the way, we have mashallah a wonderful brother. Yani Allah reward him and grant him security and peace. Him and his brother, they are the best Islamic design artist in Britain to my knowledge. Uh, Ahmad Mustafa, his older brother. He has got one of the biggest studios for Islamic art in South London, and you can go and visit it. And he has his own studio as well, Mustafa. Uh, Ahmed Mustafa used to be at Oxford University, and Ahmed Mustafa, BBC did a lot of programs about him, and he did the cube with the name of Allah, which is wonderful. And they, they know the secrets of the alphabetic Arabic and the design. Okay? And he was told me just only the day before yesterday, Sheikh, many people think that the Islamic يعني, design or art is this thing that people put in the wall. He said, no, it is to do with the alphabet. Okay? And if there is a, a history behind it and there is knowledge behind it. I asked him and he kindly agreed to teach courses for people who are interested. And uh, he agreed. That's why he's here with us today. And I, I, at Rumi's Cave. He's going to teach at Rumi's Cave. And he will begin courses. And the courses, and to become a good calligrapher is a very good thing. But believe me, Calligraphy, if you start going into it, there is a deeper spiritual means in it to go into your heart and to know a lot of things. You see? One of the things that I learned from the calligrapher when I was writing and doing my calligraphy, you see in a lot of books, the alif and the hamza. Okay? The hamza is separate and the alif is... The, 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 the calligrapher say the alif because it's just one line, is the king. And the hamza is the crown. Where should the crown of a king be? In his feet or in his head? But you find a lot of Arab people, they write the Hamza underneath the Alif. And I used to stu study with this man. Whenever I put him, he said, Astaghfirullah, ya Sheikh. 
mm-hmm. throne. You can't put the mm-hmm. huh, the crown on the feet. Put it on the top and put that. If you want to put kasra, put it under the hamza mm-hmm. on the top. And that's it. Made me absolutely feel good. The way they describe things, the way they teach you things, is magnificent. And he's a wonderful, wonderful teacher. I'm not just saying it in front of him. Mm-hmm. And I wish you'll have time to learn with him. And I, he's going to design those courses. And Sakina will advertise them. You'll be lucky to join him. By the way, we have a room in the back for learning. It might take, give and take, maybe up to 15 people comfortably. Everybody have their own table. So at a time, you cannot have more than 15 people to study. Okay, But he can design the course how many he want. He want five, he want six, up to him. But the room can take up to 15. So these courses will run, inshallah, teaching calligraphy. He will be teaching. We have got one of the great Arabic teachers in London called Jibril. Uh, he will be teaching Arabic language. We have got one of the greatest Islamic, mashallah, instructors in London called Dr. Ahmed uh, Pirzada. Wonderful guy. And I think the, the only guy I know who speaks too many languages and he has done too many degrees. I see. And I think he has seven or eight degrees. Yeah. And he was always studying. I had never seen him outside university. And still he dressed like a kid. And he's an elderly, <laughs> mid 40s. You see? I said, Muhammad, change yourself. You are not a student in university yet. But he liked to be with the youth. And he is good in teaching Islam. MashaAllah. And he's going to teach some Islam, topics in Islam, like Imam al Ghazali and things like that. And then I am going to be choosing to teach some subject. My time is very constrained, but I want to pick students who really want to learn and pick a subject that will be closest to the heart of the people. By the way, there is no way I am going to miss a week because we do it once a week. You miss one week, you don't come back again. Mm-hmm. You see, because knowledge is not a joke. Imam Malik says, Knowledge you go to, it doesn't come to you. Today we sit at home wearing the tutor and when he comes in, I'm sorry, I changed my mind. We don't go to It's why our children are spoiled. You see? We don't do that. We go to the knowledge, we learn. So we want people to come and learn. If I wanted to teach anything, the first subject I want to teach, if I teach properly, I want to teach spirituality. What is spirituality? Okay? There might be five courses, and every course will be about six weeks. Okay? So that will take uh, almost one year to do it properly. But I will see how I'm going to design it. And, and unfortunately, sometimes I travel abroad, and I've got a lot of things. And sometimes I'm double booked for places, and I don't know where I'm booked today to go anywhere. <laughs> my daughter's sitting there. She's trying to do my diary for me. But every time I get wrong, on, on Thursday, Thursday, when we were in South, I was invited in three places. <laughs> if I can clone myself, it would be very nice. <laughs> difficult. So yes, sister? Yeah? If you... Yes, uh, please. The sister is saying if you want to donate anything later on, you can donate to her, put whatever, because this is a charity place and we uh, like to be charitable, inshallah. But then, by the way, when you're giving charity, it's not just you are giving, uh, you are taking away illnesses, you are, you, you are taking away obstacles, you are making the tests that are coming in your life easier. And by the way, I mean, uh, if you don't know, this is your first time to come here, the, the place I made it like this, why? Because I feel if we call people to the mosque, and sometimes they feel threatened going to the mosque. You see? Uh, the man who doesn't have a beard says, Oh my God, they're going to judge me. How long? The woman who doesn't wear a scarf says, My God, I'm not wearing my scarf. But the same person who, if he doesn't have any money and you go to the shopping, you go to Oxford Street, you can enter Selfridges. Even if they ask you, what, you, what do you want to say? Well, I'm shopping around. They can't throw you out. You can go to Harrods. Nobody can throw you out. So we said, Make the da'wah in the shops. Mm. My ultimate aim, inshallah, to have many shops like this around London. But the idea as well 
It's not just to come and have these courses and things like that. It's for us to go and serve the homeless, for us to go and help the elderly and visit them, befriend them, give them one hour a week, inshallah, visit the sick in hospital. And if we are in a position to help the youth who are lost in their schools, to mentor them, okay? Give them one or two hours a week. And also, inshallah, we have got other things we do. We do a walk in Bannabath mountain and a retreat, okay, for one night. And then we spend two days there. Beautiful, I have done it four times. And then we do a walk in Snowden in Wales. And also, extra than that, we do a walk in London. And ultimately, we do something very beautiful. Uh, this is under Ulfa Aid, the Ulfa Aid dinner. We do it annually, whereby we have Nashi singers, we have beautiful speakers who come to do this, inshallah. So we will be informing you. Look at our website, ulfaaid.org. Ulfaaid.org. People ask me, what is Ulfa? Ulfa from Alifa Ya'lafu Il Fatan. Okay, Alifa Ya'lafu Il Fatan. Allah said in the Quran, Yani, O Muhammad. If you spend all the money that you have on the earth to bring together the heart of those who are fighting one another in his time, you will not be able to join their heart in harmony and peace, but Allah has done. It is Allah who does the joining of the heart. So I felt what the best thing to do is to bring hearts together. And if you look there on top there, people who are here cannot see it, but on the other side, okay? What does it say there? Connecting? Hearts, minds, and minds. We need your minds, your hearts. We need you all to be connected together, you see. Mm-hmm. Love for one another. None of us is truly a believer until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. Don't think of your blood brother. Don't think of your Islamic brother. Don't think of your believing brother. Think of your humanity brother. Mm-hmm. Your brother in, in Adam, inshallah. That's the idea. Yes. Oh, I was going to say, we have like maybe 10 minutes or so until Maghrib, so if people want to maybe... I don't know if you want to make or do that. Maybe we can pray together. With pleasure. And then, inshallah, afterwards, maybe we'll, um, Brother Ahmed may do some zikr, inshallah. And there'll be teas and juices Allah and cake Allah. and stuff. I think you, you frightened yeah. the one young man there. <laughs> that man is standing there. You only like zikr, nothing else. <laughs> Everything doesn't make any sense. Inshallah, we can do a little bit of reflection. Inshallah. In this 10 minutes, anybody else have got a question? Yes? Uh, when is the Arabic language? Soon, it's all on the hand of Sakina to arrange with those two gentlemen. I introduce yeah. them to her just to keep. Be, it. Sorry, will it be um, by Arabic language? Should it be also like learning Quran? Yeah, there's going to be um, about three kind of courses happening. The first will be Ibn Jabal will be will be hosting them yeah. here, um, so that will be like starting from beginners level. There'll also be like Qari courses for people to learn recitation. Yeah. Um, there'll also be like basic, just like basic reading and writing, you know, al- alphabet letters and stuff like that as well. Um, so inshallah there'll be about three different styles and then hopefully in, in, the, in the summer inshallah we'll have a teacher from California who's going to be doing a, a course on Tasawwuf and Arabic Excellent. Co- combined so Rumi like Alpha Aid is the main website but at the moment I'm working from Rumi's page on Facebook so and and Alpha Aid on Facebook as okay. well and also if you want to know about the soup kitchens that we're running also um, join Rumi's kitchen on Facebook as well inshallah um, and Suzanne is the is the woman who's running that yeah so. this is Suzanne by the way mashallah Allah is so so beautiful gave us Suzanne because she's somebody who loves to do this work and may Allah help us to help her and support her and keep her with us all the time we don't want her to live to go anywhere else <laughs> this is Suzanne can you see Suzanne yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no. Rumi escaped a small place, and alhamdulillah, we have got somebody who 
studied and graduated from Oxford University. As a, to me, it's the ultimate. Like I always look at Islam al-Ashar is the ultimate place. Oxford is the best place. And I used to meet her there as a student, and she's really, mashallah, always helpful knowing how to do. And she's looking after four areas. Okay, whenever you contact her, the elderly, befriending the elderly. I want all of us to give at least one hour for an old person. Okay, and listen to them and help them and support them, do their shopping, clean their or hoover for them, whatever. This will bring great reward and serving the uh, uh, homeless in the street, inshallah, and visiting the sick in hospital. And the last one will be uh, mentoring somebody among the youth and the children in the school because a lot of them they need somebody in their life, and it's beautiful. I used to be. Uh, one of the board members of uh, a charity established by Prince Charles called Mosaic. And I have resigned from that because I'm, t I'm too busy. I really, I want to do these things. That is quite big then. It is different people. They're doing a good job and I like what they're doing. And what I like about the, one thing they do, they have this people, they select top class. Come in, that woman wants to come in. Tell her, come in. Okay? Top class any professional from the city, from banking, they come and subhanAllah, what they do is, they uh, go to school where there's an orphan, there is somebody with, from a single uh, mother's house, there's a child <coughs> whose parents are divorced and they have problems, and they take them to their workplace in the city, and the children find it, and they change. I used to teach a boy who was giving me headache. And subhanAllah, one day I was in, in, in the foreign office for, for a dinner, done by Mosaic there, and he was there, and he came and gave me a hug, and he looked like a gentleman. I said, my God, still man, can't be. And I noticed who was mentoring him. Somebody made him feel somewhat. So we knew to that. This is Suzanne, inshallah. But uh, Sister Sukaina, she was overall responsible for the charity, and she will be doing the fundraising side of it, whereby she will do the two walks in Ben Nevis, so that the Scottish don't feel we let them down. And in Wales, in Snowden, so that the Welsh, they don't feel let down. In the future, we'll do something maybe in Northern Ireland as well. So the whole kingdom is kept. <laughs> and in London, in England, we do a walk. And my, my daughter, Amina, mashallah, started it last year, and we had a fantastic walk, really beautiful, uh, for Japan. And we had even Japanese people who had never, we never know them, they just came. We were advertising. They just came and said, we saw you are advertising a walk for Japan, for the earthquake. We have arrived to do it with you. So that's nice. And some... Uh, media outlet from Japan contacted her and they made interviews with her and they published it and they showed her the magazine but we can't read it in Japanese <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she has them which is good really I want us to be humans I want to, to be normal human beings our people have got this tendency they go anywhere in the world they feel it is theirs they take their benefit they do anything and you're kufar you're going to the hellfire you're going to heaven <laughs> how selfish <laughs> this is not Islam <laughs> or the thing Mustafa <laughs> it's nonsense <laughs> His brother, by the way, is one of the best spiritualists. I and when he talks about art, and he told maybe one day we can invite him to give us a lecture. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you can do that for me, I'll be so glad. Yeah, you can. You're welcome. That man is standing. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, he's wondering what are we doing. Everyone didn't come around. Yeah, look around. Anything else? If there is nothing to be said, this is the time for remembering Allah. One thing I say to you, if you really want to and keep your heart with Allah, this kind of time before Maghrib and before the sunrise, even if you pray to get early in the summer sometime, the sunrise after 4 o'clock, something like that, after 5 o'clock. So you pray for your early and then you go to bed, make sure 
before the sunrise, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, wake up, sit down. Why? Because Allah said in the Quran, all you who believe, remember Allah with much remembrance, or a lot, and glorify him early morning and early evening. Why do we need to do that, ya Allah? My question. Allah answered in the Quran. It is he, Allah, who will send blessing unto your heart. And his angel will do the same thing. So that he can get you out of the darkness of your souls to his light. Subhanallah. I like this. And he, for those who truly believe in this, he will be very merciful. He will show you Allah. I can never let this not happen to me because I don't want to wake up from the wrong side of the bed and I don't want people to say, Al-Maghrib fiha al-Afarid for shayateen. Or people tell us, if you go back to Egypt or Sudan, children before Maghrib, they tell them, don't play, don't rush. And when you ask the elder, why is it there are shayateen running in the street? It doesn't mean that. They say it because they want the people to sit down and reflect upon Allah. And the best way to do it, when you sit down, either you kneel or you cross your legs. What you do is, by kneeling, crossing your legs, is just you repeat the name of Allah. If you sit like that, if you remember Jibreel alayhi salam, when he came to the Prophet, he was probably sitting like this, he sat like him like that. And he touched his knees. When Muhammad went to the heavens in Mi'raj, he sat like this. So whenever you want to reflect, you sit like that. And then you always lower your head. Because Allah said, When he was there, he never turned to look around. And he never stared at anything. Although our nature as human beings, when we go to any new place, we stare and we run. And the children, look, 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 look. And they run. I feel embarrassed when I take our children to museum and see that. They're all over the place. So we need to tame them. Rain. And you put your head down and then you need to learn how to breathe. Meditation is by breathing. But meditation, not just breathing, like a lot of groups do that, is breathing Allah. So when you breathe in, when you breathe out, who? Because Allah is made of two syllables, Allah, who? That's the way it is done. So you breathe in, and then who? When you learn it, it becomes very nice. Keep doing it and you feel absolutely peace inside you. And the minimum you should do is 11 times. And then inshallah after we finish, we're going to just repeat Astaghfirullah, which means, Oh Allah, forgive me, a few times. And then we're going to read Subhanallah, wa bihamdihi, glory be to Allah, and we are grateful to him for allowing us to be able to sit together to do this. Astaghfirullah, 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 
أستغفر الله أستغفر الله أستغفر الله العظيم الذي لا إله إلا هو الحي الغيوم وأتوب إليه تبنى إليك رب من كل شيء لا يرضيك تبنى إليك رب من كل شيء لا يرضيك تبنى إليك رب من كل شيء لا يرضيك سبحان الله وبحمده 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 عدل خلقه ورضا نفسه وذنة عرشه مدد كلماته فعلم أنه لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ربنا اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين أمسينا وأمسى الملك لله والحمد لله لا شريك له وإليه النشور أمسينا على فطرة الإسلام وكلمة الإخلاص وعلى دين نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى ملة أبينا إبراهيم حنيف المسلم ومكان من المشركين اللهم إنا أمسينا نشهدك ونشهد حمرة عرشك وملائكتك وجميع خلقك أنك أنت الله لا إله إلا أنت وحدك لا شريك لك وأن سيدنا محمد عبدك ورسولك رضينا بالله تعالى ربا وبالإسلام دينا سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم نبيا ورسولا اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطيل منعت ولا رد لما قضيت ولا ينفع جد منك جد ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بك يا رب العالمين وحظبنا الله وكفى وحظبنا الله ونعم الوكيل نعم المولى ونعم النصير وإنا لله وإنا إليه راجعون وفوض أمري لله إن الله بصير بالعباد سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين الحمد لله نعم Yeah, we can put that pretty much. Yeah, okay. Uh,